Hello again, everyone. Welcome to LJN Radio, and you're listening to Moving Up the Ladder. I'm your host, Tim Muma. In this episode, we're looking at innovation, both from the individual perspective as well as what organizations can do to be more innovative. To get an expert view today, we're speaking with Rowan Gibson. Now, he's widely recognized as one of the world's foremost thought leaders on business innovation. Some media people even calling him Mr. Innovation. He's also the co-founder of InnovationExcellence.com. And over the last two decades, working with some of the world's largest and most successful companies, including Apple and Coca-Cola. And we're actually going to talk about some ideas Rowan has in his new book, The Four Lenses of Innovation, A Power Tool for Creative Thinking. Rowan, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks, Tim. Great to be here. Now, with a topic like innovation, uh, we like to always ask our guests to kind of get their definition because everybody kind of has their own thought on what this buzzword means or what this topic is all about. How would you describe or define innovation for yourself? I usually describe innovation as a new idea successfully introduced and turned into value. Okay. So, you know, there are a lot of of, uh, definitions out there, but I think that the key point here is that innovation is not just about a new idea. Mm-hmm. Anybody in the world can have new ideas. The point with innovation is, are you able to successfully introduce it and then turn it into value of some time, whether that's commercial value or social value or whatever else? And I think if we look at some of the world's greatest innovators, you know, they're not just people that came up with ideas. They're people that really pushed them through, introduced them, commercialized them, and, and you know, were able to turn them into success stories. Do you think that is the biggest misconception people have of innovation is that, you know, the ideas are what it's all about? Or what would you point to as the areas that people might struggle with when they think about innovation? You know, Tim, there were just so many misconceptions, but, but that's one of them. One of them is that, you know, it's all about light bulbs. Uh-huh. It's all about coming up with ideas. And of course, that's where it starts. But, you know, how many of us have had great ideas that we never implemented, we never executed? You know, if I, often I have a, you know, a group of leaders in front of me and ask that question, like almost every hand goes up. <laughs> yeah, I had an entrepreneurial idea, but I, you know, I wasn't entrepreneur enough to go out and make it happen. That's why I'm still sitting here in this company. You know, so yeah, it, it, it's a big issue. And I think if you look at people like I don't know Steve Jobs, Richard Branson, Jeff Bezos, you don't really kind of think of them as necessarily creative people. Hmm. You know, like you would let's say with somebody working in an ad agency or a design firm or something. You sure. think of those guys as uh, as entrepreneurs. You know, risk takers courageous people that were able to put everything on the line and, and you know, go after that, I, that big idea. Oh, I think that's a great point. When you, as you said, you think about those people, you don't think of that creative side necessarily. So I think that's a, a good place to start with that. In the same vein, how would you say your book, again, we're talking about the four lenses of innovation, how would you say it's different than other books or expert advice out there that does talk about innovation? Because it is a popular topic, of course. So what makes your look or your book specifically unique? I think what makes it unique is that, you know, a lot of books, a lot of articles talk about the great innovations of, you know, the people I just mentioned, people like Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson or whatever. But what they don't do is they don't go back and say, okay, let's try to examine the thinking processes inside those guys, inside the, those, those minds, if you will, that led to, to those great ideas. You know, what were they thinking? What were the thinking patterns? What were their perspectives? So what this book does is, it really goes back and it looks at a lot of cases of business innovation, both modern and historical, and sort of says, you know, what was Einstein thinking, you know, when he came up with the theory of special relativity? What was Edison thinking, you know, when he came up with the idea for the incandescent light bulb or the phonograph or whatever else? So, you know, if we can figure out what those thinking patterns were, then there's a, there's a chance that we can reverse engineer them. You know, in other words, we can take those perspectives or those thinking patterns and we can turn them into a systematic methodology 
but coming up with really breakthrough ideas. I think it's a really cool perspective, as you said, going back in time a little bit and kind of looking for those connections. I guess that would be my next question is this idea of the four lenses that we'll touch on here in a moment. Have things changed a lot from history, looking back at those types of people to today, or have a lot of the keys remained the same? What have you noticed in doing the research and trying to figure all this out? Well, that's, that is the great point that, that these, uh, these perspectives, and there are four, you know, that's why the book is called The Four Lenses of Innovation. The idea is that, you know, those perspectives give you a different view of things, a fresh angle of view. And those, those perspectives, those four perspectives are incredibly common to all of the cases of great innovation that we look at. Okay. Whether you go back to the beginning of time, you know, with the invention, I don't know, of the wheel or of uh, cuneiform writing, you know, the, the Sumerians or whatever, right up until today with, I don't know, something like uh, with Netflix or Beats by Dre <laughs> or Nest Labs uh, smart thermostats, you know, basically it's exactly the same perspectives that come back every single time. And that is, the, I think, the beauty of this is that it, it allows all of us to emulate the mind of the innovator, you know, to use the exact same thinking processes, the exact same perspectives to discover these opportunities for innovation. And for all those listening uh, to this episode, raise your hand if you thought you would hear the invention of the wheel and Beats by Dre in the same sentence. I think that's really cool part of this and what you're talking about. So let's dive into the idea of these four lenses uh, that we're talking about, the four lenses of innovation. And the first one, I'm just going to go through the list here. I want you to give us a little bit of insight. Obviously, you don't want to give all the secrets away. That's why you have a book. Uh, but the idea of challenging orthodoxies, what exactly does that mean? And, and why does that play such a big role when it comes to innovation? Well, you know, we all have these uh, orthodoxies. Now, orthodoxy is a big word, but, you know, we could say assumptions, common assumptions mm. about the way we do things, particularly inside of an industry. You know, an industry is full of assumptions, uh, almost like there's a you know, law of the universe that says everyone in the banking industry has to do things this way and everyone in the pharmaceutical industry has to do things this way. And that's why everybody's uh, business models are so similar. Sure. But it comes right down to our daily lives. We have assumptions, we have orthodoxies, we have conventional wisdom about the way things are done. And, you know, one of the things we learn about innovators is that they tend to be contrarians. They tend to be rebels. They tend to be people that, that you know, if everyone's digging, they want to zag. You know, they want to <laughs> do the opposite. Right. Yeah, that's, that's really one of, the, the, one of the key perspectives with innovation is the ability to challenge these deeply held beliefs, these traditional practices, you know, these conventional ways of thinking and, you know, try to maybe do the opposite. So is that something that you think comes naturally in terms of discovery, or do you see a lot of these individuals almost forcing themselves or rewiring their brains to think, well, why do we always do it this way? I mean, how does that work? Because it's easy to talk about it, but to implement it seems like a whole other ballgame. Well, he, you're right. I mean, you know, with, with a lot of great innovators, this tends to come reflexively. You know, they, they're just born that way. They, they tend to be contrarian. They tend to be challengers and whatever. So, and that's okay. You know, not all of us are, are born that way. But once we recognize that this is one of the keys to unlocking, you know, innovation opportunities, then we can deliberately, systematically challenge things. In other words, okay, so we're going to sit down with our product or we're going to sit down with our business model. We're going to, first of all, list all of our assumptions about, you know, who the customer is, what the customer wants, what the product should be like, the configuration of the product, the price, of it, all those kind of details. Just list, first of all, all the assumptions and then start systematically challenging them. And say, well, what if, it, you know, we should be, you know, targeting a different kind of customer that maybe we've overlooked in the past? Mm -hmm. Or, 
What if, you know, we, we expanded the boundaries of what we define as our offering? And in other words, so you recognize that this is how you do things. And the beauty of this tool is that you can then anybody, literally anyone, can sit down uh, either alone or with a team and start systematically challenging, you know, those assumptions. The next part to this has to do with trends. And of course, that's something people hear and use all the time as far as a term goes. As far as the four lenses of innovation, this being the second one, what exactly do you focus on when it comes to these trends? Well, here's the thing, you know, there's just so much going on in the world around us. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of of executives go to conferences every now and again, or they read a trend report. And most of that stuff tends to be focused on industry trends, which is really important. Mm -hmm. We need to keep up with those things. But but the point is that all of your competitors are reading the same reports and going to the same conference and coming out with the same insights. You know, so by definition, nobody gets ahead. <laughs> so, you know, the, the point really with, with this second lens is how do we get a kind of wide angle view, a wide angle lens that allows us to see, you know, the kinds of trends that our competitors may have missed. And so we kind of look at things like uh, what's going on in demographics, consumer behavior. Uh, lifestyles, um, stuff around sustainability, maybe it could be geopolitical changes, technological trends, trends in the way we work, and you know all that kind of stuff that's going on. And we want to say, what are the deep things that are changing in the world that our competitors have either underestimated or ignored? So it, it's really it's getting a grip on on this stuff that's changing out there. And one of the the the, uh, the ideas in the book is that these trends are like waves. In fact, right. Steve Jobs once said, you know that. That you can see these waves coming, you know, even when they're quite a way away. And, and the idea is, you know, figuring out which ones to ride. So I have a, a question in the book, which wave are you riding? You know, a lot of waves today, you think about big data, cloud computing, 3D printing, virtual retail, drones, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, and it goes on and on, like wearable computing, autonomous vehicles. Which of those waves are you riding as a company or, you know, as a startup? I think it's a great visual to have, uh, as you mentioned there, those different waves that can uh, be really in play right now, or to your point with spotting those trends, maybe in play more so in the future. Along with the trends, it comes the idea of resources. And I guess I wanted to ask, in terms of the trends or leveraging resources, which is that third lens of innovation, is it easier today or more difficult because there is so much information out there? That, as you mentioned, everybody's kind of getting the same info. You can find all of this information, a a very wide array of media type forms. Do you see it as being more challenging, easier, uh, no excuse for people not to have this information? What view do you take on it? I think it's getting harder in the sense that there's just so much happening in so many domains. I mean, the the Internet has really kind of introduced what I call a, a global change bomb you know, in the sense that it's really combustible. You know, I mean, it used to be me sitting somewhere in, uh, in Europe, let's say, with an idea and someone else in China or whatever. But today we're all linked together. Sure. And so because of those links, you know, it, it becomes exponential and the rate of change goes through the roof, you know. So it becomes more difficult and there's so much going on in so many areas. However, I would say that in some senses it's kind of easier because we have a lot of people looking at a lot of things. And the, the social media allows us to tap into a lot of uh, trends that are going on. I mean, there are, there are lots of sites out there, trend hunter, trend watching, you know, and so on and so on, that kind of uh, bring a lot of new things together. So I think the issue really is, are companies looking at those things? Hmm. Are they really, you know, they really trying hard to keep up with what's going on? Are they, are they spending most of their time looking inward at what they're doing and backward at what they've always done? Or are they spending more time looking outward at what's changing in the world? 
and forward the evolution of trees. So I, yes, moving, but I think you know we have now more opportunity to keep up with what's going on. And that leads us to the fourth lens of innovation. How would you describe that? What would you give to our listeners as being that fourth piece? Okay, the fourth lens of innovation is about understanding unmet needs. So this has kind of become the the holy grail of uh, of innovation right. in many senses. You know, the, the customer insight. So you know, it, really, what it's about is getting into the customer's skin and kind of looking back at your business from the customer's perspective and saying, you know, what well, where are the unmet needs? Where are the pain points? Where are the frustrations and problems? And, and quite often, you know, these are things that customers are not articulating. You know, nobody was asking for Beats by Dre. You know, can you give me like a, a pair of $300 designer headphones? <laughs> I mean, well, all of us were pretty satisfied with those crappy earbuds that we've been right, using. Right. It's true, right? And, but, so no one was crying out for Beats by Dre, but but those guys saw that there was a need. Uh, no one was crying out for any of that stuff that, that Steve Jobs gave us, you know, like translucent PCs or, you know, uh, music players that give us a thousand songs in our pocket or you know, the, 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 the beautiful smartphone with a touch screen and all the apps. And, I mean, none of that stuff, none of those things were things we were crying out for, but, but somebody recognized that we needed them. And now, of course, now, now that we, we, we have them, we can't live without them. So the issue is how do we, discover those needs before the competition, and then try to develop solutions from the customer need backwards. Along those same lines, a lot of times we talk with individuals who say, you know, within an organization, they don't feel that they have the freedom to discover these things, that it's so much about the day-to-day and production. What would you say to any organizations out there, people who are leading these organizations, that they could do to help change the perspective a little bit and have this innovation within their company because as you've mentioned a few times, without doing that, you're pretty much falling behind. Absolutely. But I mean, if you look at the, the, the companies that truly are innovative, what you find is that they build this into their HR processes. You know, so they, if we look at Google, if we look at, uh, you know, 3M, if we look at WL Gore, you know, the makers of Gore-Tex and, you know, a whole bunch of other companies, what we find there is that people do have at least some discretionary time to work on uh, new things, to stretch their thinking along new lines, to experiment with new ideas. You know, even huge companies like, let's say, Shell. Shell, they don't give people discretionary time, but they'll say, look, if you have an idea, come to us. There's a particular place to go. It's called Game Changer, which is a like an, an internal process. And basically, if they like your idea, they can give you 30 days off to start experimenting with that idea. They can give you some initial seed funding of, I think it's like $25,000, $30,000 in less than a week you know, to actually start pushing your idea forward. Sure. Then they can build that up in increments. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you might be getting a year off and something <laughs> like half a million dollars or a billion dollars to push your idea forward. So really, to me, it's about mechanisms. You know, these things don't just happen by chance. I mean, if you look at the companies I've just mentioned, they all have these systematic mechanisms in place. And um, there was a Greek poet and philosopher in 700 BC called Hesiod who said, it is best to do things systematically. You know, and it's taken us 2,700 years to figure out that this also applies to innovation. People will think that innovation is about chaos and serendipity and bolts of lightning and mystery and all that kind of thing. Well, I'm here to take the mystery out of it and to kind of tell the world that we can do this thing systematically. We can apply exactly the same thinking processes that the great innovators do. We can do it systematically. We can do it deliberately. By doing that and, you know, by introducing these mechanisms inside companies, we can literally create an all-the-time, everywhere capability that involves everyone at the company every single day. 
Rowan, that sounds like the perfect place to leave off today. Really appreciated you coming on the show and enjoyed your perspective. So thanks once again for joining us on LJN Radio. Thanks so much, Tim. And that is all the time we have for this edition of Moving Up the Ladder. Again, we'd like to thank Rowan Gibson for joining the show. You can check out his new book, The Four Lenses of Innovation, A Power Tool for Creative Thinking. You can get some more insight there when it comes to innovation, both on the individual level and as an organization. If you'd like to give us feedback on this show or any of our episodes on LJN Radio, shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com, or you can send us a message on Twitter at the LJN, and we encourage you to check out all of our shows on iTunes as well. For everyone at the Local Job Network, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.